This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Fans. Welcome to another edition of the Peristyle Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham. Join alongside Mr. Triple Double himself, Connor Morissette. And we're coming at you live on YouTube on Wednesday afternoon in between USC's complete beatdown by Notre Dame and the upcoming huge matchup against the Utah Utes. So we're going to talk about a little bit of both of those, answer a lot of your questions here on the show, uh, and like I said, we are, you know, this is recorded live across our uh, podcast platforms. You can get this later. Uh, the recording goes up, but we are live on YouTube, on our YouTube channel at Inside Troy, where you can uh, jump in there in the comments and leave questions or tell, tell us what you think about the team and all that kind of fun stuff. So should be a lot of fun uh, today. If you have a question, you want to email us for a future show, podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address, or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. You can also use the Apple Podcasting app to uh, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate those very, very much. So thanks whenever you do those. So leave us a review. Um, It helps to grow the show and all that fun stuff. All right. And if you're watching and live on YouTube, please uh, hit that little like button there. It's like a thumbs up. There's a little bell if you want to be notified whenever we go live, because we go live a lot of different times every week. And uh, of course, subscribe to the channel, which is awesome. You know what's also awesome? We got Connor Morissette right here. His cousin was the first guy in the chat, or brother or something. It's rare to see the last name spelled exactly the same way. So, hey, Ryan Morissette, good to hear from you. Not my cousin, but I uh, appreciate someone who spells it the same way. Always cool to see. I'm wondering if that's just like a they just made you know an amalgamation of our names or something and just like maybe they just created a YouTube <laughs> account for that. I don't know, but yeah. So if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. I will try to monitor the con the uh, um, comments and stuff as we go. Here, here's his name. I'm gonna put it up on the screen. Um, the comments as we go. If I can, uh, when I'm not talking, I can look at the comments and kind of check out what's going on, and then uh, put them up on the screen. If you have questions and stuff, we can uh, do that as well. And before we jump into everything, I do want to thank our sponsor, uh, Trader Joe's, because they've been awesome to awesome to us over the last several years and uh, being a great partner. One of the cool things I like uh, about Trader Joe's is it is um, a lot of millennials out there. Are you a millennial, Connor, or are you like after millennial? You're like, I think I'm right on the line. Okay. Uh, but a lot of, like younger folks like yourself, uh, big into the Trader Joe's stuff. And they come up with like, you know, different hacks that you could like, here's some stuff you can, that's cool. 
you can buy a Trader Joe's and uh, and make it into a meal. And I don't know, it's Erin uh, O'Brien. Um, apparently, she's pretty popular on the TikTok and did a uh, a, vi- a video showing. It's a really cool looking hack. So um, it's an elevated chicken soup dumpling. Wow. And so if you would just Google like the elevated chicken soup dumpling Trader Joe's, you'll probably it'll probably show her uh, video. But you basically take um, the Trader Joe's chicken or pork and ginger soup dumplings, which I really like. And uh, she puts them in a bowl with chicken broth, uh, soy sauce, green onions, um, some sesame seeds and uh, some chili, some chili and a little bit of sesame oil and like basically just nukes it. And it's like this really cool looking um, soup dumpling, like soup kind of thing uh, with, you know, soup with uh, with Chinese dumplings in there. So I don't know. Looks really cool. So I like doing little stuff like that, trying it out at Trader Joe's. Yeah, that does look awesome. Last night, my girlfriend made some really delicious Trader Joe's. It sounds kind of weird, but it was frozen tofu sushi, and I don't usually eat that kind of stuff, but wow. I enjoyed it last night. We also had some rice. I know you can get that anywhere, but you can get it at Trader Joe's, too, and we had a nice little dinner last night, so shout out Trader Joe's. Yeah, shout out to Trader Joe's for that one. Um, okay, well, we got a lot of stuff to get to. It was oh, a, yeah. It was an ugly... Uh, we don't need to, you know, we've done a lot of recaps. We did an emergency podcast in the car. We kind of give our thoughts on what happened. USC, Notre Dame. You got to sleep on it a little bit, Connor. Anything kind of like pop up in your mind since uh, the few days since we were been in South Bend? Uh, that was a crazy day. We were we were in four different time zones for like, <laughs> not for like flying through them. Like, you know, significant time in the Eastern time zone where the game, Chicago, Central time zone, um, Flew to Denver, Mountain Time Zone, and then flew to LA. So we were in all like in you know twenty four hour period. We were all four time zones. Crazy. After sleeping on it a little more, I've thought more about the offensive line and how. And I was guilty of this at the beginning of the year. I said, "How could this not work? So many experienced guys. It looks really good. It's a lot of new pieces and guys are moving around." But I, I thought the offensive line had the potential to be one of the strengths of the team, and it just goes to show how. Building through the transfer portal, I thought USC would have a lot of success, and they have had some success, but Michael Tarquin was brought in to play left tackle. He repped there all spring, and then for whatever reason, they switched him, moved him to right tackle, and now he's really struggling at right tackle. So that was a guy you targeted, you brought in to do a specific job, and he hasn't been able to do it, and now the offensive line, he's not the only reason it's in trouble, but it's hasn't been very good, and he was brought in to do a specific job. It hasn't worked. And now the offense is kind of reeling a little bit, all because the offensive line isn't able to do what we were expecting it to do. So I think when Lincoln Riley this week talks about how when he came to USC and he really had to rebuild the program because they didn't have a lot of options at some spots, I I think of the offensive line and how one mistake or a misevaluation in the transfer portal has has really set the team back. And, And that makes sense to me. And I don't think that's a huge issue with the staff. I think Building an offensive line through the portal is a challenge. They try to do it with three transfers. It's been hit or miss so far. It could definitely get better. I just look at the the whole offensive line, and I think, yeah, it's struggling, but it, it, this just goes to show if you miss on one guy and you're trying to build something really quickly, you can struggle. And, and I don't think the coaching staff deserves to get hammered for that. No, and, I, and the, I'm blanking on the the guy, the other guy from Florida that didn't. Uh, yeah, Ethan White. Ethan White also um, was, you know, he thought they'd be a contributor there. You know, they bring in Cooper Lovelace the year before. We love him. Just haven't we haven't seen him out there really at all. They've sure, I, I, you know, and maybe it's a red flag. And maybe we talked about this on the uh, 
the car cast, the uh, emergency podcast we did. But, you know, what was Alani Noah doing out there early, uh, you know, on in the season? And if you feel like you got these veterans here that they're just going to be the ones that are starting, but maybe they didn't feel as good about uh, this starting group as maybe we anticipated they would be. Yeah, and Jonah Monheim being moved to left tackle, I think that should have been a little bit more of a warning sign than it was because USC really didn't have anyone else that they felt like they were comfortable throwing out there. So he gets moved from the pl- the spot he played last year, and then Justin Dietrich gets moved. So you only have three transfers starting, but everyone was new, at least to the position. And I, I guess, you know, I, I was guilty of it. Like I said, I, I thought it would be a strength that hasn't been a strength, and I'm not sure the coaching staff deserves a ton of grief because they were really left with no choice but to rebuild on the portal, and I don't think you can hammer a staff for missing on one or two guys in the portal the way we've seen. All the blowback, too, has been the biggest uh, eye-opening thing with me this week. I, I'm so surprised at all the hate towards the staff and, and people wanting to see change. They're 17-4. and four. It's not trending in the right direction right now, but if it's not Lincoln Riley, I don't know who else it would be, and I, I just think people who are going nuclear with this are, are crazy. I don't understand it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. We can get into that probably in a little bit too, but I think maybe people have calmed down a little bit more in the days since, but the the – I, I feel like the USC fan base was just into the mode of just fire the head coach. That's going to solve everything. I'm like, you don't want to fire Lincoln Riley. Like, it's not, that's not the right call here. There can be problems that you don't have to fire the head coach over. And uh, that just seems to be sort of the default, which it seems like people are sort of calming down off of that a little bit for the most part. But, um, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but some of them just kind of are, are head scratchers for me. Lincoln Riley did talk about, you know, the offensive line a little bit yesterday. Um, if you want to mention that or anything else he kind of said in his media availability, I know you did a story uh, on that. You make sure everyone goes over to uscfootball.com and check it out. Connor's doing a lot of great analysis from the media availability that we do get. It was limited in practice yesterday as far as viewing goes. And uh, RJ Abadie has been killing it with a lot of advanced stats and everything. So make sure you go check it out. Like just breaking it down like, different um analytics of what you know why you know the, you're like oh, the offense doesn't look as good and like well they're they're gaining a lot yes less yards per play and scoring a lot less points per drive makes sense but uh, the numbers kind of bear it out but anything from lincoln riley's media availability this week that you want to mention he said that they would consider personnel changes so that to me i think mason murphy is going to take over at right tackle i think michael tarquin will sit down for a little bit just because the last couple of weeks he's really had a tough time. And, hey, he could bounce back. He's an experienced guy, played in the SEC. I don't think his USC career is done because he's potentially losing a starting job. But when Lincoln Riley says personnel changes, I immediately think of that. And then he also talked about maybe there could be spots elsewhere where, where they look at a change. He said, we repped a lot of guys early in the year in case something like this happened, and we feel good about some other guys. Overall, though, he said, it's not just one mistake. It's not just one player. It's a bunch of things. So that leads me to believe, I, I think we're going to see a lot of familiar faces, and they're just going to try to do things a little bit differently with the offense. And I, and I think that's the right move. I don't really know how much depth outside of Mason Murphy you have that can come in and make a real impact. No, I agree with you there. We'll see what they we sort of do. But this is a very similar uh, getting into Utah, like it's a very similar looking um, team with a aggressive defense, uh, maybe more limited on offense. Now Utah is more of a one dimensional team. Um, you know, even if Cam, I know people. Well, Cam Rising could come back. He could, um, but I mean, you're out a long time. I don't know how effective you're going to be. Like listening to his doctor talk, it wasn't just about returning. It was about returning with you know high level of performance and uh i 
if you're going to play against USC, I think you would like to have played you know, last week at home. If you're not playing at home against Cal, I don't know if seven days later you're going to play on the road against USC. Maybe it does. I don't know. But um, they've been limited as far as quarterbacks go. I mean, they're just running the ball way more. USC sort of limited defensively. Uh, you know, Notre Dame was limited, but USC didn't give up like a career day to anybody that was out of the ordinary, which we had seen in the past. So I think that's a positive. But if you know Utah's going to come in running the ball, um, you got to be able to slow it down a little bit. So this is a, you know, I, I guess Alex Grinch gets a little pass uh, last week. Uh, they only ran 49 plays, 251 total yards. I think it'll be a different story this week, um, especially if USC doesn't turn the ball over as much. But that's it's it's very similar. I think Utah is very similar to Notre Dame. And it's probably does make USC fans feel good that the USC just got hammered by this team and lost to them uh, the last two years. But, you know, we'll see. They are similar, but they're worse on offense. Sam yeah. Hartman is way better than, keep forgetting this guy's name, Bryson Barnes. Bryson Barnes, yep. pig I, I farmer. <laughs> I guess you, why do you guys call him that? Because he was a pig farmer. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's from small town Utah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, you know, he's been able to manage the game pretty well, but he's just not that good of a quarterback. So for me, th- this is a great spot for USC to bounce back. Utah, number 14 in the country, obviously talented, so well coached. Defensively, they're doing a lot of really, really good things. The most points they've given up has been 21 against Oregon State. It's going to be tough for the USC offense to move the ball. But Utah's offense is not very good. It can run really well. That That's what their strength is. But the skill guys, they have a couple tight ends who are out. It's not a team that should be able to come into the Coliseum and win. If they do that, especially with everything that happened last year, Utah beating USC twice and USC should be motivated in this game, then I think it's fair to criticize everything and you do have some real problems. But this is a team that, yeah, they're really talented and it's going to be a, a, a tough ass to 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 beat this team, but it's a, it's a team that USC should beat for sure. Utah, defense is good, but man, oh man, that offense, it's a grind every week for them. It's limited. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame's offense was limited, but the defense got them a bunch of short fields, scored a touchdown, special teams scored a touchdown. If stuff like that happens again, then it, you know all bets are off. If but you're anyway. drafting skill position guys, though, Notre Dame, you, you, Hartman is yes. estimate their their tight end is I think ahead of anyone who's going to be available for Utah, and then maybe Sione Vaki, the safety who converted to running back last he week, he looked really good. I, I'm. Don't really know why Utah felt the need to put that all on tape against Cal. I feel like that would have worked wonders if they surprised USC with it, but whatever. USC, who knows? They haven't really shown at times this year. If they see a team could do something, they haven't been able to stop it. I expect him to to have more wildcat carries. But but Notre Dame's offense, for all of their struggles, they're ju- it's just better than Utah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. They, um, you know, Utah only scored seven against. Uh, now Utah has been injured too. Mash unit, that, and that's why a lot of injuries too. That hasn't helped. Um, but, uh, yeah, they scored seven offensive points against UCLA. They went on the road and scored seven against uh, Ohio. I mean, Oregon State, I believe. Now, they scored more against Cal. Uh, Cal didn't have their star middle linebacker, Jackson Sermon, whatever. That's, um, but this is a, to me, as must-win of a game as you're going to get. We both were sort of surprised at how emphatic a small portion of the USC fan base was that they were just like Lincoln Riley isn't the guy and all and you might maybe you're right down the road you know maybe Oklahoma situation was way different you know taking over for a legend than rebuilding uh you know a past great program um could be very different maybe things don't work out my guess is like you 
made the right hire. You hired a guy that no one even thought you could get. It was pie in the sky kind of thing. Um, he wins a Heisman his first year. He's won a lot of games. But there are members of the fan base that are just really upset. They don't like it, whatever it is. To me, this is the big one. You lost to this team twice last year. You know, either one of them, it's like changes your whole season. Uh, you know, big leads in both of them. And you're just trying to kind of get back. Now, this is Utah doesn't play as well away from home. Probably don't have their star tight end and, and star quarterback. You're reeling off of a, a embarrassing loss, the worst of Lincoln Riley's career, right? Uh, I mean, this is... This is about as must win as it gets. I mean, it's you're there's the fork in the road as far as what your season can possibly do. And if you after losing to Notre Dame, Connor, you weren't around, but the the Clay Helton narrative was always like they get that like second or third loss, but somehow like mathematically they were still in it to win the Pac twelve South. So there was like our goals are still ahead of us. This is no I mean, they're they're number one in the Pac twelve right now. They're four and zero in conference. No one else is so you feel like, okay. This is um, the opportunity you have going forward because you haven't lost a conference game yet. You lose this one. Now you're like hoping people lose. Like it's a whole different, I think it's a whole different story. Plus just losing the two, you know, your first two teams against ranked opponents uh, when you were looking not so good against the unranked opponents. It's just not a great narrative, I guess, to set up. So Long story short, Connor, to me, this is like a must win uh, for USC. Absolutely. It's a massive week because of what happened last year, because of what happened last week. This is an opportunity to, if you win, everything's still in front of you. Although I think a lot of their goals last week kind of show they might not be able to get there. But hey, it's not over till it's over. You win this week, you can still, like you said, Ryan, compete in the Pac-12 and potentially make the college football playoff, even though I'm on the record saying I don't think that's going to happen this season. But you can write the ship this week. It's a major, major opportunity. And I thought Taj Washington put it best. He said, even looking at the tape against Notre Dame, the mistakes we made, they cost us. If we say we want to be who we say we want to be, we've got to minimize them. They know they're not playing well enough. They know that at the beginning of the year, they were ranked five and they're trending in the wrong direction right now. They know they have more talent than they're showing. This is the week to go out and prove it against a team that beat you twice last year. Show that you're not as bad as you've looked the last four weeks. And if they can do that, I, I think slowly but surely it'll start to trend in the right direction. Go on the road and be Cal. Easier said than done, of course. And then the last three games, buckle up. Anything can happen. Yeah, I would agree. This is It's one of those things where, I'm going to say like a gut check. or Yeah, oh, and for Caleb Williams, is it's a gut it's a gut check for, for everyone involved. Yeah. I agree. This is, um, there has been a disconnect for yep. sure. The way... The fan base and maybe sometimes us in the media. I mean, I've been more optimistic than most. And, uh, you know, that's now it's prove it now. Like, you know, I I took a week longer than Connor did to sort of like switch off of that. Um, but there's definitely been a disconnect from literally the feeling we get, or at least for me, when I when you talk to Lincoln Riley, you talk to the players, it does feel like that they are confident that they can get this done. And after the game, Riley talked about their good is good enough. Like they have to get back to their good. We just haven't seen their good since like the first half against Colorado and didn't see it the week before against Arizona State. There's just been a lack of what this team should look like. Um, and we haven't seen it. And you it makes you wonder, like, well, what's you know, why is that not there? What's what's going on? Where where is this team we that the with all the potential? Uh, we're not seeing it. Um, and so to me, this is the gut check. This is rubber hits road. This is 
Lincoln Riley's saying all these things. If they come out and lay another egg, then it's like, what now what do you say? Like, it can't be just the little things. They can't be getting great separation for the wide receivers or playing way better defense or playing way better on special teams. You know, it's that's sort of what we're hearing. And, you know, give them credit. If they come out and play really well against Utah, which they're certainly capable of doing, then, okay, I get you. They, maybe you had just like this downstretch or whatever. But if not, then you're kind of wondering all those things that were said. It just seems like the outside, when he's mentioned the people outside the room or outside the building many times, um, sometimes it's hard to see what's going on inside the building because you're in there, you know? And if this is a lo- another loss, I think you need to take a look from the outside uh, to a little different perspective because it doesn't seem to be on the same page, I guess, with what the, you know, the reality of this team is. Couldn't have said it any better myself. You, you nailed it right there. He keeps saying our good is good enough to achieve all of our goals, but you're right. We haven't seen it the last four weeks. Lincoln Riley, remember how excited and pumped up everyone was in, in USC, uh, not Nation. It's not USC Nation. It's USC. What is it? I, I messed this up. I said USC Nation once and people got mad. USC. Uh, I, I never say stuff like that. Okay. It's like the Trojan family. Yeah, family. Or, the, the, the Trojan family. Everyone was yeah. so happy, so excited. And now they're turning on the guy like there's a reason you were so excited is because his track record's so good. Give him a chance to write the ship. If, you know, he's getting paid $10 million a year. It's for moments like this to to turn things around, even when the uh, what they've shown and put on tape the last few weeks hasn't been good enough. This is the this is the week where everything's going against you. It doesn't really look that good. The talent is there. This is the week for Lincoln Riley to bounce back and show a lot of the haters that uh, they've, they're wrong. Because you're right, Ryan. The haters the last four weeks have been right, and they deserve to be right. It has not been as good as it should be. Can they flip the switch? A lot of people think they can't. There's too much talent on this team for me to say they can't, even though I haven't seen it. I, I do think they bounce back. No, I do too. Yeah, it, it, unfortunately, I don't know if it's just the, the way the state of the country, but it's definitely been the state of the USC football program that there's always has to be like two sides fighting. And it was, you know, it, you know, even with Pete Carroll, but like with Lane Kiffin, if he was the right guy or not, no, they should have never hired him to the people that are just like, you know, you have the sunshine puppers and the doom and gloomers. And I mean, it was going on, it's been going on forever. It's a little harder when you hire a really good head coach, but there's still those people that want to be negative about it. They're like, Oh, you shouldn't have an air raid and never win a championship and, and all this kind of stuff. I, I guess I would say, I mean, it seems like people would rather just be like, hey, I told you so, than the team actually be good, which is just baffling. Um, but I feel like with Lincoln Riley, you're going to win a lot of games every year where like a guy like Clay Helton, you you could have losing seasons, which you all, you have to try to do that at USC. Um, and I think he's the, he's a great head coach to take you into the, the Big Ten um, era of USC football. But I... I, I, it's hard to believe that he kind of needs this game to get more people on board. I think a lot of people are on board. They're smart about it. Like, hey, man, I don't, I don't know who you think is going to be the head coach at USC. This is about as good as you're ever going to get. It's beyond what your expectations were. You kind of need to make it work. And he's young. He's 40 years old. He can certainly make it work. But I think this would go a long way towards finishing the season strong, going into the Big Ten season next year. This game is just so pivotally important um, you you know, if Lincoln Riley comes in and loses to Utah three times and doesn't win the Pac-12 on its way out, you're just like, man, if it was like Oregon or Utah, these high-flying teams that are looking really good, that's one thing. Like, this is Utah. 
they've been amazing the last couple of years, but like they're so banged up right now. You get them at home. I, I mean, there's nothing, and you're coming off a, a horrible loss. This is this would be a tough one for USC fans to swallow. I don't want to be the guy who says sometimes it's good to lose because when you're at this high level, losing is never good. But I think the Notre Dame loss kind of forced Lincoln Riley's hand a little bit. He knows they can't play like they did last week. So they're making changes. And I don't know why it took so long, and I think that's a fair criticism. But I do expect to see some offensive line stuff change, some, some stuff with the receivers change. Caleb Williams got the ball out of his hand more. With Riley, maybe less changing of the play at the line with Caleb Williams and just run what they're more confident in instead of trying to catch people off guard. They should just be able to out-execute if the line can hold up. It's a big if. They haven't shown that they can over the last couple of weeks, but I think they're going to simplify. I said that on Sunday night. Losing in the fashion they did is going to lead to some changes because that's how bad they were. It wasn't It wasn't good enough. Lincoln Riley knows it. He's a really, really good coach. He's going to turn some things around, and that's another reason I think they have a chance to bounce back, and I think they will. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you too. It's uh, You would like to see changes. One of the good things about um, – narrow wins against lesser competition is that usually you kind of okay it's can be a wake-up call but th- it didn't seem to work for yeah I don't, I don't know why you know what i mean like it yeah. didn't happen there, there wasn't a wake-up call for those bad performances the arizona game was for me and on instant analysis i hammered the team because i thought like you're better than this and i don't know why it, it took an extra week and that's I think people are so upset because they could all see that this was coming. And, you know, I even picked Notre Dame and there was a reason for that. The team didn't look very good, but everyone who's saying the bottom has just fallen out and it's all a race to the bottom now. I I disagree with that. And I I do think they can bounce back, even though we haven't really seen too many reasons to believe that the talent is too good. The coaching staff, at least on offense, is too good. Yeah. Uh, We had a a comment from Kevin. Uh, He lost some support when he kept Alex Grinch. So I feel like the defense has been better. They have been better, but like there, people just got on the Alex Grinch is the worst thing ever. He has to be fired. They would ask us questions like, uh, "If they run for over 100 yards, you think he'll fire Alex Grinch today?" I'm like, "No, he's not going to fire Alex Grinch for that." Um, but people just wanted that. So once once Lincoln Riley didn't fire Alex Grinch, then he became like somehow that trumped all the other good stuff that he's done. So people really just wanted Alex Grinch fired. What's crazy is they're seven and one and it has not been pretty, but or six and one, excuse me, they've played seven games and it has not been pretty, but the defense isn't the reason you lost the one game you lost. You know what I mean? Like that it's okay to say an Alex Grinch critique. If it was like 51 50 and USC lost on the road and the defense was terrible. I, I don't understand all, all the Grinch hate, especially when USC hasn't gotten into the tough part of their schedule. Like, Let's just see what happens. And if it is really bad, then I think he probably will be gone after the season. But so far, there's nothing that I can point to and say, okay, you know, he ne- he needs to be fired. Lincoln Riley made a major mistake. They're six and one, and the one game they lost was on offense. It had nothing to do with Alex Grinch, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, average uh, Donnie says defense played one good game uh, in a blowout. Let's be real, Connor. No, I mean, but you can't blame it. The one game they lost, you can't blame on the defense. I think that's the point there that. They've done some bad things. They've done some good things. I wrote a story about all the like sort of career days people had had against the USC defense. They didn't do that against Notre Dame. And and Connor mentioned there's a you know they're not it's not a great offense, but there's a lot of talent there. And um, you know, Estime had like 95 yards, like 22 carries, didn't get over 100 yards. Like that's pretty good. You know, they they did okay. So I wouldn't 
don't just knock them because you want to knock them. Like just say, okay, well that if you could say, you want to say they have six bad games, I wouldn't agree with that, but, and one good one, you know, their last one was a good one. They're going to need a good one this week. They're going to have to get some stops against a team that can run the ball. Um, I mean, you put a safety in there and they run for 150 yards, whatever that's telling you something. So, or 125, whatever it was. Pac-12 said a thing like, uh, he set a record for defensive back rushing yards in a game. It's like, I mean, he was the, the running back, but uh, it wasn't like he just moved over for a p- couple of plays. Like this was one of those things. Um, okay, so why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break because we got a lot of questions to get to. Anything else you wanted to mention? Just Con- really quick, oh, yeah, responding sure. to that comment. I wouldn't say that I'm a believer in the defense after the way that the last game went, even though I thought they looked better. But you cannot deny that Christian Roland Wallace and Damani Jackson, they're trending upwards. They've had a good couple weeks. The linebackers, they've improved. Mason Cobb looked better. The last three games he's been back, two of them have been pretty good. One of them wasn't so good against Arizona, even though he made that game when he played. Tackett Curtis, there is no denying that he has improved. I thought he had his best game against Notre Dame. Kalen Bullock is still Kalen Bullock. Jalen Smith made a mistake in coverage. I didn't love that play call from Alex Grinch, but it's not like it's trending in the wrong direction with the defense right now. And you got a Utah team that is not very good on offense. So I would be shocked for as much as I've hammered the USC defense in the past, I would be shocked if they laid an egg against a Utah team that has struggled to move the ball all year. I think kind of slowly, but surely it might not be good enough for some fans, but the defense is trending in the right direction, and no one seems to acknowledge that. Yeah, and unfortunately for USC fans, the, the offense is not trending. In the exactly, right but who's the guy who can get that fixed? You got Lincoln Riley, and I, my voice gets high when I get defensive. I, I just do not understand why everyone is so out all of a sudden when you have two winnable games coming up, and then the three games at the end, those are really tough. Hopefully these two weeks you figure something out. I don't know if there's like a better coach USC could have to, to guide them through these two weeks who would have been available before Riley was hired. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, oh, we need someone else. We need someone else. Let's just let the guy do what he does, which is coach football games and judge it when it makes sense to judge it. I don't think it makes total sense to do that right now. We had, so if you're watching live on YouTube, we had uh, someone kept putting like all caps. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I... I said, hey, if you keep doing that, I'm going to uh, I'll mute you. And our, our good friend Blackie Chan said, hey, make me a moderator. So I did. So he's uh, so, so Blackie Chan can go crazy in the uh, in the chat now. So go have fun. Thank you for helping us out because it's hard hard to do all these things like host and um, you know while all this stuff going on. So thank you, uh, Blackie, for helping out there. Sometimes you get some trolls in there that just want to like um, uh, disrupt things. So uh, Blackie will take care of that. So we appreciate that very much. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll come back in a minute and uh, answer some questions. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All righty, we're back here on the podcast of champions. No, no we're not. No, we're the no, Peristyle no. Podcast. <laughs> Can I tell you how many shows I've done? It's been way too much. Like we did, we drove back from another people. It's, care. it's been a lot. It's been a lot. We drove back from uh, Chicago, 
did a show in the car, um, flew back to LA. Tunnel vision. And we did two tunnel visions. We did uh, a tunnel vision with Taka Curtis and then our regular tunnel vision. Then I did the podcast of champions, did Harvey Hyde. Oh, I forgot. And now do this Harvey one. Hyde. Yeah. This is like my sixth show in the last like 48 hours or whatever. I guess maybe three days. Um, so yeah, my apologies. But yeah, sometimes you just say that. The numbers too, like the voicemail numbers, I kind of get in like just mode and I'm like, oh, make sure I say the right one. Uh, I have in the past like accidentally put the intro for the Peristyle podcast on the, the podcast of champions. So like some Washington fan starts listening and they hear like USC music, they probably wouldn't like that. But that's happened a couple of times. Not the other way around though. So that's um, that's good. We got uh, so we did, we got a lot of voicemails on the Harvey Hyde show that we did on Monday. We have at least one more. We we got a and they didn't leave their name. There's a long one. Can't play two minute voicemails. I just just let everyone know. I'm sorry, but like we can't um, have voicemails go that long. So try to if you call in and if if you don't like it, you can just call in again. That's fine. You don't have to say, "Hey, I'm calling in again," because that's all we're gonna hear. I don't edit the voicemail. So just call in again, re-record what you want, keep it concise, forty-five seconds, a minute, something like that. Don't let it go longer than that, just so you know. But uh, the the caller said they really liked the the car cast that we did. Uh, he talked about being very embarrassed. Uh, something like this should never happen to USC. He said, and he mentioned like former USC players rolling over in their grades uh, graves. Um, and then he, but he read something. I don't know if you saw this. Something in the New York Post. I don't know if you want to read your college football news in the New York Post um, about Caleb Williams putting like an fu to Notre Dame on his fingernails. He didn't really like that. He wants the team to play with class. I don't remember that happening last year. It was the the Utah game that he did that, right? I don't. Do you, do you remember anything like that? He definitely did it against Utah. And yeah, that, that was the first game I covered uh, of USC football. I, I wasn't with you yet, Ryan, and I asked. Uh, Cam Rising and some of the players, what they thought about that after the win, and they just kind of laughed and said, "He can do whatever he wants. We're just yeah. happy we won." They took the high road on it, but you know, if you want to get my opinion on it, I don't know. Painting your nails, I don't care about that, but I don't know why you have to put down the other team when when you do it. And did he do it against Notre Dame this week? I, I, I'm not sure, um, but I don't know. No, if that's I don't the think it happened look. this week. We saw like, yeah, I think there was some pink for like breast cancer awareness Great. or something. You know. Great. I think it was something along those lines. So, yeah. But just if you're going to leave, the point is, if you're going to leave a voicemail, just you have to keep it a little tighter than that. Okay. Here we go. Is a, a voicemail for you. Hey, Ryan. It's Alan in St. Louis. Um, please don't take this wrong, but, um, and it's not criticism, but I've noticed that over the years you've been kind of a resident optimist when it comes to the state of the program, and you've played the role of therapist for sure on the peristyle and on tunnel visual tunnel tunnel vision easy for me to say and my question is for you is i know this is going to sound crazy but isn't it reasonable for fans and alumni of this program to be unreasonable uh, let me explain for a second in the business world there's this concept called uh or the expression goes only the paranoid survive and i think that what got us to rock bottom in this program with the health years was this, you know, happiness or contentness with just getting to the Rose Bowl or getting to the Cotton Bowl and getting blown out by Ohio State. This is USC football that we're talking about here. Like, there aren't many programs in the country that have a legitimate chance of having a Heisman or winning a national championship every year. So I get where you're coming from. We love your optimism. Please never change. But also, give the fan base a break. I think it's okay and reasonable for them. 
have extremely high standards. So love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all your work. Thanks for the voicemail. We also had Beck in the chat says, I agree with the caller. Ryan has rosy glasses. All right, here, I got to go off a little bit here. Yeah, uh, that, that call, you said, here's a call for you. It's, that was a call I for thought you. It was for, I thought it was for me. <laughs> Let me hold on right there. Like, okay. What? <laughs> I mean, I get it. I would say over the last few weeks, I've been more optimistic about the team than 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 a bunch of people. Um, not certainly not the most optimistic. I mean, I wrote a story. I think it was 2018. Why Clay Hilton needs to be fired? Like I told you that every athletic director USC hired was garbage. I told you that the coaching staff was garbage. I told you that their hiring practices were garbage. That I mean, I can't. I I'm going to tell you what I think. And I told you for years that USC made horrible, horrible decisions from the president on down to the athletic director, hiring Lynn Swan. Like I would make get into debates. Who's the worst athletic director in USC history, Lynn Swan or Pat Hayden? Um, you know, I like Clay Hilton personally. I told you a zillion times why he shouldn't have been the head coach, shouldn't have been hired to begin with, shouldn't have been extended. Like every every step along the way, I didn't say, hey, everything's going to be great. USC's got Clay Hilton as their head coach. Like never said that. Oh, Neil Calloway is your offensive line coach. No, I told you that's bad. John Baxter is your special team. No, I said that's terrible. Like I told you all the time when, when shit was terrible. I said, hey, this is terrible. I told you before it happened. I wasn't like waiting for it to be bad. When they make a bad decision, I'm like, you know, this is dumb. When they hired um, Tim Drevno to be the offensive line coach after they hired Graham Harrell. I'm like, Tim Drevno's never, I, mean, I like Tim Drevno. He's never coached a spread offense. It's more of a power thing. I told you from the beginning, nope, that's not going to work. It didn't work. They had to bring in um, someone else two years later. I'm not trying to be optimistic. Maybe you think I'm trying to be optimistic. I've told, if you've been around any length of time, I've been very honest. Everything I think I'm going to tell you. It's the, it's not, anyone can say afterwards, well, that didn't work out. Like say Lincoln Riley doesn't, like it doesn't work out for some reason. And he just, it just doesn't work out. Um, how many people were going to be in the beginning? Like, ah, that's going to be terrible. Like maybe a couple people, but most people are like, holy crap. That's like the, the greatest hire ever. Once USC started hiring the right people to do the right jobs and make all those decisions, then my, then I'm like, okay, now I believe like, and I listen to Lincoln Riley. I believe what he's saying. Now this might, you know, maybe it's not been as great the last couple of weeks, but when you hire someone that's really good at their job, I'm going to be less, pessimistic about the decisions that they make. I'll be less second guessy about every decision they make because you did, you did hire someone that has a proven track record. That's good at what they do. Chen, Jen Cohen. I think she's going to be a really good athletic director and we'll see. I mean, she, she was good at Washington. We'll see if she's good at USC, but when you hire someone that's got a track record of making those decisions and putting people in positions to win, then you feel better about it. And, and sometimes they make a weird decision or two, but everyone does. But I'm I'm giving Lincoln Riley a lot of rope here. I mean, there's a lot of leash. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because he's done stuff that no one, you know, he's won four conference championships games and gone to two college football playoffs and now has won three Heisman trophies. I think he's pretty good at whatever he's doing. Is he perfect or the best? I don't know, but he's, um, I think he's pretty darn good. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. If that's considered optimism, because I'm going to trust people that 
uh, or you know, just because you're hired to be a ju- to to get the to do a job doesn't mean okay. Like if you have a doctor, like oh he's my doctor, you should want to trust him. But if he's got if you go to his Yelp reviews and it's like, hey man, all these people <laughs> died under his under his watch. You're like oh you know just because he's a doctor, I'm not going to trust him. When USC hired a bunch of bad coaches or bad athletic directors, I didn't trust them. I told you, and I questioned pretty much every decision they made. Now you hire someone good, I'm not going to just jump down. And, oh, just I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. So if that's being overly optimistic, then I'm guilty as charged. But that's my little rant there. Yeah, and I understand why you a great rant. I understand why USC fans want more, but like since Pete Carroll. It hasn't been very good. Lane Kiffin never made the playoff. Steve Sarkeesian never made the playoff as a head coach. He had success with Carroll, of course. Helton never sniffed the playoff. Like, Lincoln Riley's gotten you there, or gotten a team there. The only guy since Pete Carroll who's had success at the high level, even though when he's gotten there it hasn't really worked out. But still, he's done better than other coaches have who were at USC before. I get it hasn't really looked good, but... If you're not going to give him a chance and you're, you, yeah. you, know, you got the pitchforks out for him, then no one's going to be good enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like Saban and uh, Dabo Sweeney and Kirby, Kirby Smart. Smart are all, they're going to be try head coaches. Da- da- oh, you guys all suck. Da- Dabo sucks right now. Way yeah, worse than suck. Riley. He's stuck in 10 years ago. Yeah. That's funny. So Beck says, I, t- I too give Riley the benefit of the doubt, but he needs changes from last year. We paid him 110 million. Beck, the defense is better. I don't know if you understand what benefit of the doubt is, but that is not giving him the benefit of the doubt. That's saying, I know better than you. You, It might have been the right call to fire Alex Grinch last year. We heard from Lincoln Riley in the offseason why he did it. It made sense. You know, there was so much change, so much turmoil that they wanted some continuity. And, it, you know, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that it made sense. It might be wrong. Um, you know, when Brandon Sosna came in, and uh, I met with him. He was super smart. He was the chief of staff for Mike Bone. Met with him early on. I knew he was smart, and I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And they they decided not to fire Clay Helton right away. And he gave me reasons. And there was the the contract that Lin Swan extended and all that stuff. And I said, you know what? Like, And he's like, we need to build a better nest to bring in a better head coach down the road. And I did. I told him, like, look, I, I – I give you the benefit of the doubt, but I don't. I don't think you're right on this one. I think you need to just get rid of him now. Well, if they would have got rid of him now, they wouldn't have ended up with someone as high caliber as Lincoln Riley. As much as you want to say he's good or bad or whatever, his that was their plan. Their plan was to like fix all the infrastructure stuff. So when they do make a change, and they did, you know, two games into 2021, boom, uh, you know, Helton's gone, and they, you know, and they were able to bring in uh, Lincoln Riley. If you had fired him two years before, they wouldn't have got a caliber of coach of Lincoln Riley. So that was their plan. I, you know, I, it's one of those things where are you giving the guy the benefit of the doubt? Then you're going to have to go with a decision that they make that you don't agree with. That's giving them the benefit of the doubt. So, Beck, you aren't doing that. You're saying this is what they should do. That's not giving them the benefit of the doubt. So he could be, it could be wrong. Like, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. It could be wrong. They could have a complete collapse in the defense. You're like, man, they just went better off firing Grinch uh, last year. But I would say you give them the benefit of the doubt. If it works out and the defense gets better, like Connor's been talking about, then that's good. You probably win a bunch of games towards the end, and that's positive. If they don't, then he's going to make a change, and then just move on from that. But when you hire someone that's really good at their job, you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and that's what I've been doing with Riley. And – if they go nine and three, we're all going to hammer them, and it's probably going to be deserved because the expectations were so high. But just with Clay Helton, five and seven, eight and five, four and eight, the year he got fired, like 
nine and three is still miles better than a lot of those other USC seasons. And it's the second year of Riley. You hope that in his fourth year with a recruiting class or a bunch of recruiting class, you know, you just have to the hope. And when you go week to week, it can look so good. It can look so bad. Stanford game looked so good. I thought they were going to go to the playoff for sure. I was wrong. Notre Dame game looked terrible. Lincoln Riley says, and it's something that I try to live by in my everyday life. I think it's really smart. He says a lot of other stuff that I don't agree with, but he says it's never as good as it looks. It's never as bad as it looks. And I agree. That's what I got to say right now. Yeah. We got a text message from uh, Ryan in uh, uh, LaMerritt Park. Lincoln Riley is starting to look more fraudulent than a $400 bill. That's kind of a weird one. There and people are talking about like the salary and stuff. It's like okay, salaries are expensive. I mean, you're paying Mel Tucker that that kind of money. Lincoln Riley made USC relevant again. Like yep. literally, it's worth the money. Whatever they're paying Nick Saban, you could double it, and he's not getting paid enough because what he brings to the University of Alabama or what Kirby like you're bringing, you're getting so much more out of these coaches than what they're being paid. Just the the you know the millions and millions of dollars that you're bringing into the school when you're good, uh, the Heisman trophy, all that kind of stuff, all that stuff matters. So I don't know why people kind of get worried. Like I, I don't think Lincoln Riley is overpaid. Like they're, that's a going rate for really good head coaches, even if they don't produce the results that like Lincoln Riley did last year. And people don't want to hear it, but the window to really succeed and really do well is with Julian Lewis. Oh, he's only a sophomore in high school. What are you talking about? Number one recruit in the country. You hope that with him and maybe USC fixing some of its recruiting tactics, maybe they opt to be more like Oregon in the future. Like this year was always going to be a quick fix. And I thought it was going to look a little bit better, but it hasn't for whatever reason. And it still could be turned around. So let's not write everything off right now. But I think when you got a guy like who's a talent of Lewis down the line, like that's kind of your window. That's when Riley's been here a few years. That's when you have the best recruit of the last five years, potentially the, ne- the next Caleb Williams, a-, a quarterback who is really, really talented and Riley will have him at USC for three years after have, after having been at the school for a long time. Like this was kind of a bonus this year, a little bit. And, and I, 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 people will say, what the heck am I talking about? But you know what I mean? A little bit. It takes other coaches a little bit longer with the transfer portal that has allowed USC to, to be really good quicker. And yeah, number five to begin the season, they're going in the wrong direction. But for a lot of other coaches, it just takes a little bit more time. And I think Chris nailed it last week. Riley's the victim of his own success. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ray says, Lincoln had a good track record winning with a program built by Bob Stoops. We'll see if he could build a program. That's hope. And that's I think that's a fair. Yep, we'll see. Completely fair. It's like one of those things. He he did. It's not easy to take over for a legend. He did and, and elevated the program. So, um, and he also says, he says like Bill O'Brien, he mentions like Bill O'Brien, like, I mean, I don't even, that's like not even like worth talking about. Like as a coach? Yeah. Like that. Like, how how do the Patriots look right now? (laughs) They suck. (laughs) Yeah. I thought you would get a, get a kick out of that one. So yeah, that's everyone in Alabama wanted him out of town. They were happy when he went to the Patriots and the Patriots who had a defensive coordinator as their offensive coordinator last year are worse on offense this year with Bill O'Brien. That is not a good suggestion. Guy can't recruit guy is not a college coach. You are really scratching. It's personal with me with Bill O'Brien. You're trying for something. If you, think he'd be better than Lincoln Riley. Uh, Rick from Lakewood is a USC band alum, and he says, uh, uh, it's one thing to have UFC defense play like um, a mess, but uh, the offense playing like this, I just can't. I was okay with the defense being bad because that's the Lincoln Riley philosophy ever since, I don't think that's true, ever since he was at Oklahoma. He's an offensive coach and a damn good one. 
Uh, but they have to outscore every team because the defense can't stop a nosebleed. The sad part is Coach Riley will win a lot of games, just not the ones that count. Read my messages on air. It's not that good. I just hope they don't play like crap next week when I'm in the Coliseum to see them play against Utah. Anyway, have a good night. Thanks for letting me blow off some steam, uh, Rick. <laughs> He's lost some big games in the past. There's no denying it. I think the hope when he came was that USC would be elevated by Lincoln Riley and Lincoln Riley would be elevated by USC. It would be a, what's that called? A symbiotic relationship. Maybe sure. I have that wrong, but the two factions w- would be better as a whole because they had each other. And I think that's what you have to hope for. Maybe USC, like I said, changes some of their recruiting tactics and, and allows the coaching staff. And I don't know whose decision it is. So maybe it's Riley's, maybe it's a higher up, but I think they're going to change some recruiting stuff because they can't keep getting beat the way they're getting beat. If they want to compete at the level they want to compete at, and then we'll see down the line. I, I like even if they were six and six is a stretch, but you know what I mean. Like if they stumbled to the finish, like do you still want to make a change? That I just do not like. Remember how everyone was so happy when he was hired. Like channel some of that. Where did right. all that belief go? I mean, like they literally just want to. <laughs> Like, Every loss they've had has been to a ranked team. The Tulane loss was terrible. Yeah, but it's not like they're losing to the teams they shouldn't be losing to, which how often did that happen with Clay Helton? They lost to freaking BYU. That, like, they're, it, it's better than it's been, and give the guy some time. Another text question. This is from Jordan Costa Mesa. Other than Caleb Williams, who do you believe are the leaders on this team? We don't seem to have anybody who brings energy. Um Mason Cobb, Jamil Muhammad, Dietrich, Monheim, the two other captains, Shane Lee. All of those guys are leaders. I don't think there's some big leadership void. I, I just think sometimes the staff hasn't put these guys in the best position to succeed, and your offensive line has been terrible. Give them some time to adjust. Yeah, um, I agree with you there. SoCal Dude 81 says, I've been watching USC football for over 40 years. And that debacle in South Bend was the worst performance I've ever seen. The team looked flat, confused, and overmatched on both sides of the ball. Ryan, you made a huge point last week of telling fans to pump the brakes when they were criticizing the team. But any USC fan with eyes, well, okay, could tell you that a performance like this was coming. After watching horrific play at the Arizona State, Colorado, and Arizona games, these games were a canary in the tunnel uh, warning us that our offensive line was slow, weak, and lacked talent. Our wide receivers lacked the talent. And grit to get open against tight coverage and make tough catches. We couldn't run the ball, and our defensive schemes left huge gaps that everyone since the first Utah game last year has picked up on. To have an awful performance like this is one thing, but to have it against our rival is another level. Even if we get a new defensive coordinator, we're at least two years away from being competitive because next year Caleb Williams be gone. We're going to be up against much tougher competition in the Big Ten. Our offensive line is awful. Riley's recruiting has been mediocre. I never thought that in year two of Riley's tenure where we'd be here. I'm really questioning if Riley's the guy to return us to greatness because the team has regressed so much and commits so many mental errors. The side of a great coach is discipline and playing tough in every game. Okay. So 60 minutes of football. This just Everything's a bad. What the heck did these people say when Clay Helton was the goddamn coach? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even want to know. You know? <laughs> it was so bad. Last week was awful, and Lincoln Riley acknowledged it. Like I just, I, I, I'm, I sound like a broken record. I, I don't know what else to keep saying. If you don't believe in this guy, then maybe root for someone else. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you can find something. Well, it's wrong. like they're six and one. They lost in ugly fashion to a team that they were underdogs again. Like 
it's not some war crime that they went into Notre Dame and, and lost by 28 points. You're, you're the best player that you have. Maybe the best quarterback in the history of the school. That's probably a stretch. But skill-wise, no, like a is. damn good quarterback th- has a bad game. God he, forbid. He had one bad game. It's like, whoa, boy. Uh, we had a super chat. Thanks, Alex. Uh, he says, NIL killed USC recruiting advantages. What you say? Yeah, it did. And I think they're going to have to change because it's not working. And that's a legitimate concern or a legitimate gripe and expect to see something different happen because they're not really in on a lot of remaining 2024 guys. You know what I mean? It's not like they just haven't missed. They're not even in on a lot of these these guys who who still haven't committed. And unless they get a little fortunate with flips, I do think they have to change in that area waiting for the government to potentially do something. I don't think that's the right call. I think they've misplayed that one a little bit. That's a fair criticism. No, I, I, I think it's completely fair. And uh, you're hoping like the, the tide of recruiting would go one direction. It seems to be going the other. You're kind of holding your ground that, um, but I, th- I think it was, it might've been uh, Ryan Day that was saying recruits want $5,000 just to visit. Um, that's like the reality now. And USC is not playing in that game. And a lot of the recruits that USC would normally get, um, they're playing that game. And if USC and can not, you blame them if another school's offering? Like people get so oh oh I'm you know I'm so glad we're not doing that. You might have to do it if you want. To yeah, be good. I think you're gonna have to do it. So we'll see what happens. Terrence in uh, High Point, North Carolina. I'm really shocked that USC got blown away by Notre Dame. My biggest frustration is that this offense looks so bad. They couldn't run the ball well. They couldn't pass. Uh, did not see enough short passes or use of the tight ends. Lincoln knew that Notre Dame was going to bring pressure on the quarterback, but they didn't adjust to the pressure. I don't understand it. I'm not sure what this coach is going to do to fix the offense. I hope he can do it quickly. If Lincoln does not fix this, Caleb will get hurt badly. I don't understand why the offense played so bad and the defense finally looks solid. Frustrated from Terrence. I think there's a lot of frustration, but if if you had to if you were to worry about, wow man, the defense looks bad, do you trust like Alex Grinch to turn it around and fix it? Like he might be able to. Or do you trust Lincoln Riley? <laughs> like, he's really free. I mean, they had the number one offense in the country a couple weeks ago, so I wouldn't worry that much. But the I key, mean, to, the key to everything is the offensive line. If you can get average offensive line play against these good teams, then you have a chance to still have a solid season. And a lot of people didn't like that I said USC could play spoiler the rest of the way. And fine, I, you you might not like that, but I think the the most important thing that they can do is finish the year strong. You know what I mean? Like, have your worst part of the year be right now. Do what Washington did last year. Yeah, you might be eliminated from your ultimate goal a little bit earlier on, but, you know, finish on an upward trajectory. Go out with a bang. And if they can do that, I think that's how you at least start to get some people back in. I know people don't believe that it can happen. With this group, I I, I think they have that potential for sure. It's funny about a comment. It's Boomer Assassin, but I think it's a USC fan, right? I believe Boomer Assassin is, but uh, let us know. But he says... Uh, what do uh, any of us know with our quote untrained eyes? That comment backfired so oh bad my on God. Lincoln Riley, and it's a fair point, like fair criticism. He, he, had, he had that coming. I bet he regrets saying that. That I'm was a big sure mistake. Sure, he regrets it. That I, was a big mistake. I remember like uh, having Dan Weber ask uh, Larry Scott about. So I it was a Pac-12 championship game. I think it was 2017 or something, and I couldn't get down to the, the whenever his media availability was. I was doing something in the press box. So I told Dan, hey, can you ask him what's more important, parody or making the college football playoff? And he said parody. And then instantly regret it became like a big deal. You Sometimes you say something dumb and you just don't, you know, you talk a lot. We, we say many words. I, I tell you how many shows I've been on. I'm sure I said many dumb words over the last, you know, eight hours or whatever I've been on uh, recording or on the air. That's one I think he would want back. 
because it's just like that didn't that didn't go over well at all. Um, he, he, yeah, he he was just pissed off and, and he misspoke. Yeah, that was that's a tough look because the defense in the second half against Colorado that that was the pits man that that was bad and so for him to after say you know to the untrained eye it may look that way. Everyone watches football. We might not be as smart as you, but when you suck, you suck. And we, you know, everyone can see that. Yeah. Paul says the untrained eye made me turn on Riley. That's where I would like, okay, he, you're going to give him, let him, you know, give him a mistake. Like give him a strike here. Like you're strike one. All right. Uh, He's done a lot of positive things. So, but that was a bad one. I think he would probably admit that too. Um, Chase from Arizona says, is it me or does coach Riley not want to be at USC long-term? He doesn't seem to be passionate in any of the post-game interviews, his players have low energy going into games. He gives minimal effort in recruiting as USC is ranked 29th in, in the 2024 class behind Purdue, for God's sake. He left Oklahoma when things got tough, and I foresee the same thing happening if they lose two or three more games this season. Okay, Chase, I think your read is completely wrong. Um, it's not that he doesn't put any effort into recruiting. They put a lot of effort into recruiting, but the recruiting game has changed. It's that's that that would be I would not look at it. Oh, they they don't have a great ranked class. They don't put in the effort. I would say that's not true. He was he's been very passionate in a lot of his interviews. Um, My get I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't talk to him or whatever, like behind the scenes. But I'm guessing he's going to be here more long term. He seems very, you know, happy with where he is. Some people don't seem to want him long term. My gut would be he would be. I don't know what you think, Connor. Never say never. We talked about the NFL in the past, if he could, you know, be swayed to take an NFL job if the right team approached him or if any team approached him for that matter. So I, I, I don't know. I, cause you try not to be like, make any big proclamations like that because stuff can change like that. So, I mean, he's got a beautiful house. He makes a lot of money. It's a great place to live. In my opinion, maybe some people don't feel that way. Oklahoma fans, I know that they don't feel that way, but living in Los Angeles, it's it's a lot of great that's happening with him right now. I don't know why he'd want to leave, but you know, I never say never. Uh, we got a super chat from Wicked Bronco Productions. Woo! Uh, twenty bucks, nice. Twenty bucks. So, as a Notre Dame fan, uh, I'm glad we smacked you guys around and got revenge on Caleb after last year. Uh, this year, we took his Heisman away. USC fans were talking all that smack after beating us last year. USC is soft. Um, little bro, USC is soft. So he wasn't, so he gave 20 bucks. And we're going to put it up there. Um, I don't think he took away his Heisman. You I can, I kind of do. You don't think so? He's playing Bo Nix. And I mean, the schedule they have, if he plays really well, like this would be sort of like a trending down point. But if he bounces back and beats the crap out of Utah, head to head with Michael Penix and outduels him, Head-to-head with Bo Nix, outduels him, plays a really good defense at UCLA at the end of the year, wins that, and wins the Pac-12 championship game. They have one game that he was bad in. No, I don't think it takes the Heisman away. No, but do you think that's going to happen? That's asking a lot. No, I don't think it's going to happen for sure. Um, But I don't think that took it away or anything. The point, even though it's from a Notre Dame fan who clearly who does a Bronco is, podcast, is, is happy, thanks for the twenty bucks, yeah, by the way. It's happy that Notre Dame won. Can't blame him. That was a great performance. If you're a Notre Dame fan, he, he's right though. USC did look soft in that game, and that's why. Just taking it back to on the field for a second, we're talking so many uh, big picture items, but like they didn't look good last week. They did look soft. 
how are you going to respond this week? You know what I mean? Like, can, can we can we give the team a chance to respond to their awful performance before yes. we fire the coach, before we say all these things about the program and the team and and make all these big, big, you know, big picture th- uh, thoughts? I, I, I just think, like, Utah is a really good opponent to play after a loss because you need to be fired up after what happened last year. Their offense isn't very good. Like, it should be a good spot for USC, even though Utah is really well coached and their defense is good. If you don't bounce back this week, then every a lot of what was said today, I, I think, will be fair. It's just a week too early. Yeah, Paul's saying odds went to plus thirty five hundred, hundred percent. Like I get it. Like he's not the favorite. He was the favorite. He's not the favorite anymore. But where was he last year at this time? He wasn't the favorite either. He had a great, you know, November. He you know, put up amazing numbers. If you were like a Heisman favorite, and then you have a terrible performance, and you're out of it. It depends how you're finished. You could play a bunch of crappy teams and you're never going to get back into it. USC's playing a lot of great teams, so he can completely play himself back into it. That's all I'm saying there. It's not over because of that. He did play really well at the loss to Utah, though, and in this yeah. year's loss, he played terrible, so that certainly hurts. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. We got some more. This is from Brett C. in Knoxville. He says, this is for Ryan Connor. My question is for both of you. Will there be some changes in the off season with the football program, especially going to the Big Ten? I'm not a, a USA negative fan at all. Thanks for what you do, from Brett. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think there's definitely going to be some changes. I mean, there always are. They kept the staff the same this year, but you know, it depends how they finish the season too. Yeah, is he talking about like with the staff? You think? I'm assuming with the staff. Yeah, potentially. You're right. It all depends how they finish. I think Lincoln Riley's a pretty loyal guy to the people in his coaching tree, though. So, like Dante Williams, a guy who was already here when Lincoln Riley came here, even though he's a great recruiter and you haven't looked great recruiting, could he be a guy who potentially moves on if the corners fall off, even though I think the corners are playing better, maybe? But I think something would really have to go south for him to make a change with one of his guys. John in Oakland wrote in, he sent us like an LA Times article. Um, Sorry, don't really discuss other people's articles and stuff, but you can... Uh, discuss that on the message boards if you want, but it was talking about the long road back to greatness or something. Um, and I think the NIL thing is part of it. You know, Connor, and I both agree. I think USC has to kind of change their stance on NIL. And I don't think that's a Lincoln Riley thing. I think that's a USC thing. And uh, we'll see, you know, with Jen Cohen, that's probably one of the bigger things on her docket um, going forward. It's just, uh, there's, there's different rules being applied by different programs right now, and you're you're competing against them with, uh, you know, one hand tied behind your back in some situations. So. And people wondering about Riley leaving if he's pushing to do NIL the way other top programs do, and they're he's being told no, then he'll say, "Hey, look, you know, I can't win at the highest level here," and then that might be a reason why he would make a change. I don't know if anything is happening like that. I don't know the factors behind the scenes, but that would be something that would make sense for him leaving. Oh my God, Boomer Assassin. I think Ryan's loyal to a fault. You know, I what I am is I do like to call people out to a fault. So I will give you that one. Read all my stuff when USC sucked. I told you they sucked. I'm not telling you they suck because I don't think they suck. If I thought they'd suck, if I thought they were going to be going down to a, a huge abyss, I would tell you. It's not loyalty. I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen. I trust Lincoln Riley more than I trust Pat Hayden, Clay Helton, Lynn Swan. So could be wrong there, but I'm just telling you, you know, I read people. I'm telling you what I think is going to happen. Chase says, um, 
on Joel Klatt's podcast, he said that Zachariah Branch is Caleb Williams' best weapon. Uh, do you agree? And then which receiver do you think will lead USC in yards for the second half of the season? He's one of the best weapons. I'd probably put him in terms of pure receivers, probably third behind Brendan Rice and Taj Washington. Yeah. He didn't get as many touches against Notre Dame as I thought he would. I think part of that was managing his injury a little bit. He only caught two passes on two targets and then had two rushes. I think Washington was targeted eight times and Brendan Rice was targeted six times. So they were a little bit bigger part of the game plan. And of course, Caleb Williams has great trust with those guys. It's possible that he is the greatest weapon, but I, I, I don't think right now that that's the case. And, and going forward, I'll stick with, I know, I think it's Taj Washington. I, I'd have to look. I know Brendan Rice has been having a good year too, but uh, I'll, I'll say Brendan Rice. I, I know he didn't look great against Notre Dame, but I, I think when you need a, a big play, yeah. he's your guy. I think he's the catch radius, speed, size, like I, all that stuff. I like him. We also had a suggestion to do like a where are they now show. We do that in the off season quite a bit. Just look at our intro when we, if you're watching on YouTube, um, we have former players on during the off season. It's a lot of fun. Um, did a bunch of them. Uh, so we'll keep, uh, we'll keep doing that. Um, let's see. We got a few um, YouTube questions and then we'll get out of here. I know Connor's got to get to practice. Uh, what do you think about the Dan Patrick segment where uh, he talks about Lincoln Riley leaving with Caleb? Okay, so all you need to know is he quoted a reporter that doesn't cover USC football and hasn't for years. So I wouldn't put much stock into that. I don't know if you th- saw that at all, Connor. Saw it, and I agree with you. Yeah, like that's literally you had a reporter on that hasn't been around the program in years. Um, not credentialed, doesn't go to practice, doesn't go to games. So you want to believe that? That's, uh, yeah. Oscar, do you guys believe that UFC goes undefeated and then wins the Pac-12 championship? Will they be a lock for the playoff? If they do that, yes, but I don't think that's going to happen. Right. I think if th- that's the good part is all this stuff is that you have um, you have a really tough schedule. If you win out, I think you're in. Uh, winning out is what's in question, but I don't think you have to worry about, well, what if this happens? You lost one out-of-conference game. I think you can win out and win, but that means you're going to have to Something's got to change. you got to play better than what they're playing right now. Um, we had a question. If defenses the last few weeks are having success playing man, uh, what does the offense generally do to counter? Is Riley not making good adjustments to man coverage? He mentioned that they were playing a bunch of man coverage too. So any thoughts on that, Connor? He said that there were plays to be made against Notre Dame, and it sounded to me like he thought the receivers played worse against Arizona than Notre Dame. I don't know if I totally agree with that, but – that's what he said, so we'll, we'll go with it. To get open against man coverage, it's pick plays. It's you know, it, it's the opposite of zone where you just kind of sit down and find the soft spot. It, it, it's that route to Troa McMillan ran against USC when Bryson Shaw was on him where you you know you cut in and, and go out immediately. Football people are listening to this like, what is he talking about? But <laughs> you just kind of set it up a little bit differently, and I, I don't think Lincoln Riley was expecting to see as much man as – Arizona and Notre Dame did the past couple of weeks. And like we've been saying, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's such an off good offensive coach. They'll make some changes. Uh, Blackie Chan, who just gives somebody a timeout in the chat. So thank you for that. Um, he had a couple questions. First one, do you think we'll see a different offensive play style than we did in the first half of the season? Um, uh, do you think that the play calling is going to be different? Yeah, a little bit because I don't think the offensive line has done a particularly good job with all the 
changes at the line. I wonder if after a big play, USC will still try to go really fast. It looks like that's kind of hurt them a little bit. Jude Wolf had a false start against Arizona. Remember, it was like first and goal from the one foot line, and Caleb Williams, for whatever reason, took forever to snap the ball. I just think it's going to be simplified and be cleaner. Um, oh, man. Wicked Bronco gave another – he gave like 50 bucks. I don't think I'm going to put this one up, though, but it's uh, – yeah, it was got deleted. <laughs> um, but thanks for giving 50 – this is amazing. Like someone's like donating and talking trash. Like to give it, here's money as I talk trash to you. That's the ultimate trash talk. I don't even need this money, and you suck. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is. Uh, well, that, thank you yeah. for that one. <laughs> Thanks for the money. Do you guys think Alex Grinch losing the defensive locker room uh, with not much rotation at linebacker? I honestly think the Tackett is still making a lot of mistakes, especially in coverage. This was his best game. I thought Tackett cursed his best game. Losing the locker room, I, I don't I mean... I don't. I don't I think so. Felt that or anything. The defensive line has regressed a little bit. All those tackles for loss and sacks. When you play better teams, that just wasn't going to happen. So, I don't think that's a huge problem. But the linebackers in the secondary have definitely gotten better the last couple of weeks. So, I think Zion Branch is going to play a lot too. If Max Williams is injured and can't play this week, which is looking likely, Bryson Shaw will probably start if he's available, and then Zion Branch will be behind him. If Zion Branch keeps playing the way he's been playing, I think he could take over a starting role. And then everyone who won Kalen Bullock and Zion Branch from the beginning of the season could be getting their wish. Like, I, I do think the defense right now is in a good position, especially coming up against two offenses that aren't that talented. Yeah. Um, Big Danson says you need to beat man uh, defense downfield. Play calls need to change to quick slant screens, etc. And I think you can have Caleb run a little bit more, too, when defensive backs aren't looking at Caleb, um, they're looking at their wide receiver or whoever they're covering. You can get a little bit of that too. So, all right. Well, good stuff. Um, yeah. Sorry. I had a bunch of rants. People are like, you're getting emotional. That happens a lot. I feel like, so I've been doing this a long time. And when people say things that are just, um, just simply aren't true and it just, then other people read them. I just want to, you know, I'll tell you, Hey man, when people are like, oh, you're not going to ask a tough question because you're worried about your credential getting revoked. It's like, I've heard that maybe a million times and it's like the furthest from the truth. I've had people at USC call me into their office and, you know, use a, a you know, F-bombs all up and down telling me about stuff that I wrote, but I didn't change what I wrote. They don't take my credential away for something like that. Um, I mean, I told you, I wrote Clay Helton should be fired. Like I wrote this story, put it on the front page of USCFootball.com and went to practice the next day and asked Clay Helton questions. Like that's just kind of what you have to do. Um, so there's no, we're not like trying to uh, dumb things down for people or do things to not get in trouble. We want to break rules. We don't want to like um, report on something you're not supposed to report on, but it doesn't limit like what we can ask or what, you know, what we can write. Uh, how critical we can be. We're not holding back on being critical because we're worried about access. Like that's just the furthest from the truth. I was a lot more critical when they were bad and I'm less critical when they're good. So I just try to tell you what I think uh, about the team. It Don't always agree. Uh, don't agree with the people that read our stuff or people on the staff, sometimes more you know critical, less critical, whatever it is. I just always want to give you an objective opinion and tell you what's going on. I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass or try to like put rose colored glasses on. That's just me. And I get passionate about it because it's, 
Uh, I take it seriously. I mean, this wasn't what I trained to do. I was a, I'm an electrical engineer. And uh, I feel like I've learned a lot in the world of journalism, and I'm trying to give you the best product possible. So that's sort of why I'm here doing this. And if you if someone said something that's like completely not true, I will tell you that, which I did many times today. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. I, I just don't get, even if this season is disappointing for some fans, I still feel like you're in such a better spot than you were when Clay Helton was here that, yeah, you can critique and be upset, but the the doomsdayers, it, it makes no sense. Like, if, if this staff can't get it right, fine, but it's worth a try. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, let's give them some time, and, and if they fail, they fail, but they've proven in the past that they deserve a chance at USC, and I don't know why so many fans are not giving them that chance when they've gone 17 and four in the last year and a half, it's not like it's four and 17. You know what I mean? I, all the comments we're getting, like I, I've been accused of being negative on this show and I feel like I've had to do a complete 180 because people have taken it way too far. Yeah, no, and, it, and we get the same thing too. And I think that's probably a good sign that you're doing a good job. If I get an email that's like, I can't believe how negative you're being, like you're just not, you know, and then I get another one that's like, you're just not telling the truth. You're just being overly positive. It's, it's whatever perspective someone's coming at. Sometimes people, there, there are definitely people that come like, hey, I'm coming to uscfootball.com. I don't want to read bad news. And I'm like, well, I mean, we're not trying to bring you bad news, but we're going to tell you what the news is. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. People get mad at the war room. Like that wasn't a positive war room. Like, well, it's more about inside information than if it's positive or negative. We don't create the information. We're just trying to bring it to you. And, you know, it just goes up and down. So, but we appreciate, I think we've, our sweet spot is trying to be as a site and as a, all the shows we do is trying to be objective and tell you really what we think, not to be everything's positive for USC. Just yeah, USC, they're going to get every recruit. Now we don't tell you that stuff. We're going to tell you what we think. If they're not going to get anybody, we're going to tell you it doesn't look like they're going to get anybody. Yeah, which right now doesn't look it's like kind of, it's anybody. a lot closer to that right now. And like, listen to the two star recruits podcast or any, it's, it's not a lot of positive stuff. Sometimes it is. We'll just tell when it is. We're we're not going to make it up if it's not. Um, so we're just trying to give it to you the straight scoop, and uh, that's really our goal. We're, I'm sure we miss a lot of times. We're not going to do anything perfect or great or whatever. But we're that's what our goal is. So if you're listening to us, you're reading our stuff. That's as a site, as a leader of the site. That's what my goal is for my entire staff. That we're going to try to tell you. Uh, what we think are informed opinions from watching practice, talking to people, talking to sources. That's just been uh, our philosophy. I think other people have different philosophies, but that's been ours. I think it's a good philosophy, and that's why I'm happy to be on the team, Ryan. We're happy to have you too, Thank Connor. You. All right. You're fine. Enough grab ass. You're fine. Let's wrap this up. Okay. We are out of here. Uh, thanks so much, everyone, for uh, tuning in. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show, all of my rants. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it in my eyes as we go in there. But uh, yeah, USC got a big game this weekend. The Utah Utes, uh, number 14 Utah coming to town. And the Trojans still like a seven-point favorite, I believe. Uh, for Connor Morissette, uh, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we will talk to you next time. All right, we have 30 seconds. Great. Let's mention the cool new products at your neighborhood Trader Joe's. We don't have enough time for all those. Or we could talk about the crew. We love the crew. That we could have customers tell us about their new Trader Joe's recipes. Did I mention we have 30 seconds? See, this is why we have a podcast called Inside Trader Joe's, so that we have time to talk about all of those things. 
30 seconds is up. Inside Trader Joe's is available wherever you listen to podcasts like this one. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 